0: Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason De discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason De and I'm Brian Schulmeister. How about a little follow-up? Brian, we've talked about AI on the show several times, and your disdain for use of the word artificial intelligence
1: it's just bandied about
0: a bit haphazardly, wouldn't you say? I would agree. I would agree. Now, I found this link this week, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, it's from the EFF, and it is the AI progress measurement page. It's from EMF. It's unbelievable. Not EMF. EFF. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> and it is a uh, it is a pilot project collecting problems, metrics, and data sets from AI research from the AI research literature. Mm-hmm. And it's tracking the progress, uh, which is, you know, minimal. It's a very long page. It has you, a lot of things that I can't really understand.
1: I, I was about to say, I spent an hour on this page. Uh, it's It's got a very web 2.0 top. And then as soon as you scroll past the banner at the top, it is very much 1984 web.
2: Yes. And uh,
1: if, if you want to just stare at a lot of charts uh, that tell you that... In some ways, AI is getting as good as people, and in most ways it's not, and really burn your brain out for about an hour and a half. By all (laughs) means, this is a fantastic page. (laughs) I'm just saying they they could have made it a bit more user-friendly. This could have been the the, if-you-want-to-go-deep page, and then there should have been just a quick page with, here's where we're at.
0: Yeah, a summary, a Reader's Digest version. Yes. (laughs) And I love all the code that they have in here because it's not really AI code. It's just a bunch of function calls. Yes. And I'm like, okay, the function calls with arguments. That doesn't really tell me a whole lot. It tells me how maybe you use it, but doesn't tell me really what it's doing. No. No. It, it, it's, a it's a start. It's a start, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep, keep an eye on it, and maybe someday we'll get a good AI that can come back and fix up the page for us.
1: That's right. I can't wait for these self, uh, self-programming pages. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, the
0: future we have to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Now, we've also talked a lot about not being able to get jobs in programming because
1: we're owed. Well, to be fair, we also don't want jobs in programming anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> I mean, it, part of that is because we couldn't get jobs. I'm like, ah, screw this, you know, because you have to take crappy contract jobs for like, you know, a third of what we used to get paid. And it's like, ah, it's too much work. You're working, you know, three times as hard for to make the same money as you did 10 years ago. And it's like, we are too yeah. old for that. Well, yep. the, a South Korean company, a new startup called Ever Young, is mm-hmm. only hiring people over the age of 55, which means we still can't get a job there. Right. We're screwed. <laughs> yeah, we're in the Goldie Fucked zone. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. But now, the thing about this company, they're only working four-hour shifts, and they okay. have to take 10-minute breaks every hour. <laughs> um, I'm like, okay, that's a pretty sweetheart deal right there. You know, I like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much money they make. Now, here's the real problem with what the company does and why I wouldn't want to work there. Okay. They're a content monitoring company. Oh. Yeah. These are the people that have to look at the Dickies all day. Now, I mean, I feel bad for the, you know, the 85 year old guy at the grocery store down the street that has to bag my groceries, even though Mm -hmm. they've been kicking him out and bringing in uh, developmentally disabled people to do that job.
1: I can't believe you're so PC right there. I was like, I don't have a mute button, but my phantom finger was over my phantom mute button.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, but even the old guy at the grocery store can't keep his job. And, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I feel bad for that guy when he did have a job. But it's like to get to that stage in life, it's like, oh, I've made it. Um, I am not dead yet. And then have to go take a job looking at, you know, withered old schlongs all day and hitting deny, deny, (laughs) deny. I, I really would just put a put a plastic bag over my head and call it quits.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I'd take Walmart greeter over that. Mm-hmm. But uh, what are you gonna do? Speaking of that that okay. job may not be around too much longer. I'm going to skip ahead one story because that's a good segue. Uh, Sears and Kmart are closing more than 43 more stores as the retail crisis continues. We've been talking about this, the the epic collapse of the retail infrastructure in this country. Uh, Sears Holdings continued its steady drip of store closures as of this week, or this last week, because this comes out on Monday, with the announcement that it would close 35 more Kmart locations and eight more Sears stores. These uh, th- There's no, unfortunately, there's no estimate as to exactly how many people are now out of a job but you got to figure those are big stores quite a few now the Uh, interesting thing
0: about that is employment mm. went up this month in the u.s so where are those jobs coming from
1: yeah, I don't entirely understand that. So, well, these people haven't been laid off yet. They're they they would this would be next month. Okay, so, well, we'll so we we shall don't see where that
0: goes.
2: Yes, yes,
1: exactly. Well, uh, J.C. Penney has said it will shut a, another 138 locations, so that's coming soon as well, which is roughly 14 percent of its stores, and give buyouts to 6,000 of its employees, which is a nice touch. Well done there. Uh, Macy's plans to shut down an additional 68 stores. Radio Shack, which has been seeking bankruptcy protection twice in the last two years, has closed more than a thousand in locations since Memorial Day weekend and one-time ball favorites Beeb, The Limited, and Wet Seal are all closing or in the process of closing forever all of their storefronts. Wow. Retailed, that's a lot. That's... No, that, I mean we're talking the entire universe that you and I grew up in, Jason. Yeah, is, is roughly gone. Everywhere our parents took us to shop to get clothes, everywhere. Well, we didn't, you know, we're dudes, we didn't shop at Beeb or the Limited. But I mean, all these stores that we walked around the malls when we were teenagers are gone. Yeah, gone. So it's a different world. It's the Bezos apocalypse. <sighs> It Pretty much is. So that is continuing. And a quick follow up on drones. We have been discussing the various things that the FAA is trying to do with drones, including the uh, registration site that they had set up that required all people to go and register their drones, which we both approved of, i, I- think it makes sense you mm-hmm. want a drone it's going to fly in the air it could potentially fall or anything or whatever you have to have a license you have to have a license for a motorcycle you have to have a license for a car you have to register these things so register a drone makes sense only costs five bucks well never mind they've decided that you can now deregister and get your money back <laughs> because if you are flying your drone purely for recreation not for a profit you no longer have to register with the FAA they are hoping that you will do so anyways but Due to a federal court ruling, they will now give you refund you your money and remove you from the list.
0: Yeah, too bad. You know, we we talked about this this like four yeah about four episodes ago. We talked about it, and all the industry insiders are, uh, you know, they're for registration and like no, we we don't. Yeah, we don't want you to not have this.
1: We will get to that later because we have a story about that. Yes, we do. Oh well,
0: if I had a drone, I could get my five bucks back, but I don't the news we have talked about the internet day of action that's coming up around net neutrality this coming yep. uh, july 12th can't wait to leap into action yes yeah, so what are we gonna here i come to save the day Does, what, 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 are, what,
1: <laughs> what are we doing this time are we are we putting some sort of ribbon up on our pages I are we had, turning backgrounds no. black uh, or, okay no, right.
0: i don't know I am. Yes, I am actioned out. (laughs) I guess I'll find out on July 12th and see what everybody else does. Uh, Because I don't I mean, we don't really have a website that anybody goes to or cares about anymore. So Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you're interested, go to GOG.show. Get uh, show notes and old episodes if you like. But nobody Mm -hmm. does. Uh, Well, we said it wasn't really going to matter until Facebook and Google joined up. Well, they have. Okay, we don't know what they're going to do. But apparently they're going to do something. (laughs) There's about 170 companies now that have, you know, jumped on the bandwagon. So we'll see. And they're, they're pretty big names. And uh, But even Etsy's in there who have just laid off, what, 25% of their workforce? Oh, hmm. uh, yeah. What are you going to do there? Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, what we asked for is happening, but we'll see what uh, what comes of it.
1: I'm guessing nothing.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah. The internet. Well, you know what? we have been pessimistic on this front before and uh, we were wrong before, you know.
1: Except for the fact that we're sitting here talking about it again.
0: Right, so, but, the but the fact that we're talking about it again means that it hasn't happened yet because of the things that happened before. So, okay,
1: keep, all keep, of this has happened before, Jason.
0: I know. So, uh, yeah, just keep the ball in the air is pretty much what we're trying to get, get through yeah. here. And mm-hmm. we've also talked about the Internet of Things. Yep. Uh, the Pew Internet Study. Pew, pew, yes, pew. pew. pew pew we love the pew internet studies they come out all the time um apparently the internet of things is not slowing down yes uh and it's going to keep going and going and going until you, everything that you have can be
1: hacked i'm sure are we surprised by this jason you are an enabler of this I, how so? I don't I don't have the smart light bulbs. L- let me read the little quote that that is is right here that you put in the show. Mm-hmm. Despite wide concern about cyber attacks, outages and privacy violations, most experts believe the Internet of Things will continue to expand successfully the next few years because people like Jason Filippo hook up their crazy Chinese cameras.
0: That's That's right there. That's exactly what you posted in
1: there. The Uh, whole sentence.
0: Yeah, but I didn't write it. (laughs) For fuck's sake, I didn't
1: write it. Hey,
0: don't you have uh, internet-enabled lights in your house?
1: uh, You know what? They never actually worked quite well. They they, they kept dropping, and it kept, kept, like, disconnecting from my Wi-Fi, even though everything, it wasn't that far away from the base station, so I eventually just unplugged the damn thing.
0: Yes, but technically, you have a more internet-enabled house than I do.
1: So, well, no, because there's none of it's plugged in. Well, you try anymore. You attempted
0: just because you <laughs> failed. Doesn't really that doesn't it was factor kind of uh, it.
1: I will say it was kind of cool to say, uh, I, I, I can't let me change my words here. They turned on the Millennium Falcon. That was awesome for a while. Mm, I'm they sure should, it was just turned on a damn light. So anyways, <laughs> not so much fun. Uh, let's talk about people losing more jobs, shall we? Oh, sure. What do we got now? Well, Google is now funding a new software project that will automate writing local news. This
0: isn't not, this isn't new though. They've been trying to do this forever. I don't no, think they've Google's been trying
1: to do this forever. Now, yeah. if you read the story that I put in here, it talks no. about how the Associated Press has been doing this for a while. It's been mm-hmm. using automation software to generate stories about corporate financial quarterly earnings. Which is basically just regurgitation of numbers. What this is, is Google is basically funding an initiative to actually do real stories, not just regurgitation of fact, but like, let's go ahead and let's have some natural language processing going on here. Let's scan police blotters and let's generate actual stories. Interesting. Yes. So more more local reporters being put out of business, in theory. Uh, I love this. You know what the software project is called? What's it called? radar reporters and data and robots oh oh my
0: (laughs) i don't know if you've checked out your local paper recently with your local reporting
1: i actually do it's quite funny
0: uh i I mean okay robots might might do a a better job yeah this really might be a step up there's some pretty incoherent stuff in, in the local suburban newspaper out here that
1: is fair. So let's continue on with layoffs. Uh, that the, these are that was potential layoffs. Now let's do real layoffs. And and what should shock nobody, SoundCloud is laying off forty percent of its staff to stay afloat. The only thing I find shocking about this is it's not a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely.
0: Because they were they were really teetering on the edge not too long ago. Nobody thought that they were gonna make it out make it out of the month, and they they did. But yeah, it's it's still not gonna work. Sorry, it's just guys. crazy.
1: People are keep throwing money at SoundCloud, even though everybody knows it's not going to happen. They're wait- uh, they're
0: waiting for somebody to buy them, but nobody wants. But it.
1: nobody's buying. There's Spotify was looking at it, that fell through. Twitter was considering it. Instead, they didn't buy them, but then invested seventy million, which you'd think would have paid for it. Uh, if seventy million isn't getting you the kitten caboodle of SoundCloud, I don't know what would.
0: Yeah. Seriously, what do they have? A bunch of other people's music.
1: <laughs> they have honestly, other people's music. They get a, a really... bunch of
0: hard drives and a player and a bunch of other people's music. There's really no, there's
1: nothing a- there. And it's an already outdated back end. Yeah. So what the hell? <laughs> no. Ugh. Anyways, so that's happening. Microsoft is actually laying off 3000 people. What? Uh, but this is, this is more of a radical reorganization of its sales business. So... Ah they they will cut up to 3000 jobs mainly in the sales department which is less than 10% of their actual total sales force and roughly 75% of those cuts will be outside of the united states uh the reorganization effort is uh, basically being done to focus up on building up azure which is their cloud platform which is not really competing very well at the moment with amazon and google so it's not are,
0: it's actually not doing that bad though i know a lot, of, doing a lot of companies
1: are on there me too. I know a ton. It's yeah. actually, somebody was saying to me that, you know, you should look into that and come get up to speed on it. And I was like, I don't want to do that sort of stuff anymore, but it looks nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> I did get up to speed on it for a bit, and uh, it it's, it's actually really nice. And I know a lot of companies and a lot of friends, what they're doing is they're running stuff on AWS and Azure. To mm-hmm. um, Now you got me saying it's Azure, not Azure. I know. <laughs> uh, Azure
1: makes it sound so much nicer, though, doesn't Azure. it? Azure. And Azure, baby.
0: And yeah, they're, what they're doing is just double duty. So if one goes down, like, you know, when the, mm-hmm. when the lightning struck the AWS factory in Virginia and everybody had lost their Netflix for a day, uh, they're doing just uh, dual, basically dual systems. So if one goes down, they can fail over yep. to the other one. It's a, yep. it's a smart redundancy play. I got to give them that.
1: I mean, by all accounts, it's a better product, but, you know, beta VHS, we've seen this before.
0: So. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just compute, you know. It's a it's a computer yeah. that you don't own. <laughs> that's
1: really what exactly. it is. Exactly. That's that's and what it always the, comes down to. But it, uh, you know, well, that that battle's lost, Jason. <laughs> I don't, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm I misracking my own servers. Said no one ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, another company that uh, has basically disintegrated Jawbone, which is uh one of the one of Fitbit's competitors, a fitness mm-hmm. tracking company, once worth three billion dollars hear that Snapchat, is <laughs> shutting down and liquidating its assets. So it is a uh, come and gone. They made fitness trackers and Bluetooth speakers. Um, the founder and CEO, Hossein Robin, has started a new company called Jawbone Health Hub. He is married to this Jawbone. He uh, re-
0: really likes that Jawbone thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So which is smartly going into the medical software and hardware business. That is a that is a huge growth area. So good. Well, luck ho- hopefully that.
0: his hardware and software for the medical business is better than his Jawbone software and mm-hmm. hardware. Because I know a lot of people that got the Jawbone, and they just said it was shit. It would fall apart, didn't track properly. That's why, they. I mean, Jawbone failed because To be they fair, sucked.
1: not, not <laughs> tracking properly is kind of endemic throughout the entire industry.
0: Uh, well, I like I, my Fitbit tracks pretty damn well. My Apple Watch tracks pretty damn well. So, um, okay. you know, I don't wear the Fitbit anymore because the Apple Watch actually does track so well. After I did that 14-mile test. Right. And they were off by like you know point zero zero one percent. I'm like, okay, now I don't now I only have to charge one thing. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I meant to ask, uh, have you gotten your AirPods yet? Not yet. Okay. After you get them, I, I, we're gonna have a chit chat about it because I think you're gonna have to buy an Apple Watch after that because have to. They really kind of go well together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just telling you. All right. Yep. <laughs> okay, Moving back on. Sorry, Jawbone. Uh, you won't okay. be missed. Nobody used you anyway.
1: I think I'm done with firings at this point. Uh, now I'll just talk about jobs that aren't coming to the U S and are going to Canada instead. Wonder why Mm -hmm. Google's newest AI team is setting up in Canada. And there are two reasons for this. Uh, Canada has a long history of AI research, believe it or not. Um, there's a broader AI research community in Canada than in the U.S. Uh, most of the AI researchers in Silicon Valley are actually from Canada, hmm. where they plugged away at deep learning, complex automated processes of data analysis uh, at universities there. So it's very popular in the universities in Canada. Secondly, the Canadian government is friendlier to AI research than the U.S., and one would argue research in general, if you've even read the news.
0: Oh, okay. <clears throat> so.
1: Interesting. So there you go. So yes, Google has decided to set that up. And I think even though this article over at Rico does not discuss it, you and I have talked about the uh, whole visa issue that we're running into in the U.S. So it makes sense for a lot of these companies to set up somewhere where they can bring in people without having to go to fucking court.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and Canada's close enough, you know, just to hop, skip and a jump across the border that mm-hmm. they can uh, just load up up in Canada. Yeah. Yep. So I'm surprised nobody's going to Mexico. Maybe that's next. They're just going to surround us on both sides with great, you know, great tech minds, and then we'll just be here in the middle picking our nose, going, where'd all the tech people go?
1: Yeah, speaking of that, guess where Tesla is building the world's largest backup battery. I know, but why don't you tell me, Brian? In Australia, not here.
0: (laughs) But this is this is actually part of a bet.
1: I know. This is actually kind of this is why I like Elon Musk, and this is why it must be fantastic to have a 20 gazillion dollars to just be able to do whatever the hell you want Mm -hmm. so blackouts left 1.7 million residents without electricity in australia and elon musk basically just made a bet that tesla could supply 100 megawatts of battery storage in 100 days and if he couldn't do it it would be free to australia yep so (laughs) we'll see if he makes it We'll see. He's got to get his. He's got his spread a bit thin right now. He's got the boring company trying to finish a a, 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 a hole to a parking lot. He's got a <laughs> Tesla trying to launch a whole music service right now, as well as an additional car.
0: Yeah, and now Model he's got. 3, a,
1: yeah. And now he's got a hundred day bet going on in Australia to big, build the largest battery pack in the world. Oh, so. there's that
0: little side project about sending shit to space every every month. Oh, yeah. He's still doing that. Yeah. Forgot. Yeah.
1: He must get up very very early in the morning.
0: I would hate (laughs) to see his calendar. Me too. Uh, Going back to drones for a minute. uh, An Arizona man, 54 year old Gene Allen Carpenter, has been arrested and uh, charged with 14 counts of felony endangerment and one misdemeanor of uh, unlawful operation of an unmanned aircraft. This comes back from a couple months ago when he was flying his little drone a little too close to the aircraft that were trying to put out a forest fire. So Good. Go to jail. Lock this guy up. Lock him up. Lock (laughs) him up. But his drone mails. Um, Anyway, I'm glad to see that they finally (laughs) caught this guy because what a tard.
1: Yep. Well, it could be a lot easier to catch these guys. If only we would pass some sort of actual legislation regarding registration and identification of drones as we discussed in the follow-up uh it is going on and on and on and we are not getting anywhere so what they are talking about now is they there's this group called the unmanned vehicle systems international it's an industry group for drones which has put out a call for proposals for remote identification systems for drones now this is even better than just the registration because if you registered your drone theoretically then somewhere there's a social uh, social security number (laughs) (laughs) That... Well, you know, that would make sense. There's some sort of identifying number on the drone, so if it were to crash somewhere and you were to find it, you would be able to match the number to something, but that does not help if the drone is in flight and if you do not physically get a hold of it. Right. What they are talking about doing now, which this makes even more sense, and this was brought forth by DGI, which is Mm -hmm. a consumer drone maker. They submitted a proposal that requires drones to transmit their location and registration number via radio equipment, which is already aboard most drones, just like everything else that fucking flies yep yep need, everything so it have a makes sense yes there you go i don't know why this is not being adopted immediately i it seems like a no-brainer to me but hey we can't have nice things
0: well they're gonna try and just get all of the other companies that make drones on board which you know makes sense but yep. for for dj because you know the the privacy people are gonna you know boycott dji which would be terrible for them so they're not gonna they want everybody to go in at once and hopefully yep. they'll get it done because it does need to happen it's like yeah it's it
1: just makes sense
0: and that way you know if there's a drone that's flying that doesn't have its transponder on then they can send out the Eagles to take it down yep release the eagles <laughs> uh, ticketmaster is in the news sadly. I saw this so, I I love the story the story's cool yes yeah so what they're trying to do instead of going standing in line with your phone, Holding up the QR code and swiping 17 times if you got 17 people with you. We had to do this at Hamilton when we went and saw it. It was just such a pain to get Mm -hmm. like, you know, we had six people to get six people in the door. You had to sit there. They scan the QR code. You swipe it. They scan it again, scan it again, scan it again. And if not, all the people are there trying to coordinate that in even bigger problem.
1: Again, it's like every time I'm at a checkout at any store ever, I'm like, how have computers sped any of this up? Why is everything so much slower? (laughs)
0: Yeah, those damn chips in the cards. Oh, chip and pen, evil. Uh, Mm -hmm. So anyway, what they're trying to do now is they've got a new system where you just swipe your phone. It's like going to the airport, you know, and when you're getting on the plane with your e-ticket, you just stick your phone on it and go. They're they're trying to do that with their new app, and it uses audio signals. So it generates like a custom tone. And for them, there's a couple of reasons that this is good. A, it helps cut down on fraudulent tickets, Mm -hmm. and it also lets them track... You even more granularly, so they can offer yes. you more things.
1: Yes. Because now they have direct access to your phone, your mm-hmm. email, you, probably your cell phone number, so they can, and they know what shows you're going to specifically, so they can market to you. Mm-hmm. Now, what I am waiting to see, if, because Ticketmaster has a wonderful long history of doing this to you, is how much they're going to charge you for this convenience to yeah. you, which is actually more of a convenience to them. So I'm sure there's going to be now a $5 extra fee if you want to be able to use this awesome e-ticketing system, which actually makes things much easier for them. Yep. Uh, I still stand master. by
0: paper tickets.
1: <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, it's just so sad now because these kids, kids these days, you know, I. Mm-hmm. it was just, it was what, a year ago. It was right before my kid was born. I was going through a box of old stuff and I found a huge trove of like 400 ticket, of the old style ticket stubs. Yeah. Not even just paper printed out by yourself. The old style ticket stubs of all the shows I went to when I was a kid. It was amazing. Those were great. Yeah, yep. you should you should put them all in like a photo book just so you have it and stick it on
0: a shelf somewhere.
1: Yep, I really should. Some of them are even starting to fade, which is kind of a bummer. But what are you gonna do? So
0: you can always scan them and make a make a photo yeah.
1: library. <laughs> Who's got that kind of time?
0: <laughs> Seriously, but yeah, um, yeah, I love paper tickets. So yeah, when we had the problems at Hamilton, I got tickets for Billy Joel for my dad on uh, mm-hmm. at Wrigley Field soon. So I got I printed out paper tickets for everybody. I'm like, we're not going through this again.
1: Nice. Well, in other news, Virgin Galactic is back uh, following the, tra- the crash that they had back in 2014. Uh, the first flight that they have done, res- they've resumed powered test flights for the first time since then, uh, ending a series of glide-only tests that they started back in December. So the company will fly in the atmosphere every three weeks and plans to return to space, or at least as close to as possible, by November or December of this year. So good on you. Go, Branson, go. Nice. I can't wait for them to get back,
0: on, back up in the air and going. Yep. Get the get those engines fired up, and hopefully somebody won't pull the wrong handle this time.
1: Yeah, that'd be nice.
0: Yes, uh, Volvo is going big on electric cars. I and saw this very big. They want to end the solely combustion engine powered car. So, Good. Uh, yeah, they they think it'll take till like you know twenty twenty five to do it, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're they're going whole hog on on making sure that's either fully electric or electric hybrid
1: yep good on them congratulations Mm -hmm. that's a that's a great brave move to make i think it's it's going to be i think the whole industry is going to be going there soon no definitely they're they're ahead of the game on this one Mm -hmm. i mean i'm still not going to buy a volvo but congratulations (laughs) yeah
0: yeah that's there's there's your rub nobody (laughs) nobody wants a volvo we've got the greatest yeah it's a volvo
1: yeah i i don't live in the woods
0: ups and doodads brian i know you're not much of a
1: gamer. I think somebody got something this week because there's this whole series of links in the show notes that I don't even understand.
0: Yes, there there is a huge <laughs> set of links in here. Because I in an attempt to do things that get me away from the computer, bought another, a, computer. another computer. <laughs> yes. It's more more <laughs> the mind space. I bought a I finally went out and bought an Xbox 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 One S, mm. the new one. Not the so super, this is super coming. One, but.
1: This is coming off the heels of you attempting to buy a new Mac, being denied by your credit card. But I, I'm assuming this was cheaper. Oh, this Mac was then? ridiculously cheaper. Yes. Okay.
0: No, All this right. is cheaper than the RAM that was going to go into the new Mac. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but yeah, I got I got the new Xbox One S with the uh, Gears of War 4 edition. Uh, I got some Turtle Beach headsets so I can be like you know one of those nerd gamers. Who go, hey, get them. You know, top left, <laughs> and, a, and a bunch of other crap. And I got it just to, you know, kind of try and decompress at the end of the day. Turns out Gears it- of War is stressful, though. I was about to say, how's that going? Uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's hard. I, I'm not a first-person shooter guy with the controller, so I got to figure out what kind of games that I really like with the controller. Um, mm-hmm. I, but I tell you what, on a 4K TV... It's amazing how far these things have come. I really do sound like an old man right now, but it really is unbelievable what they can do with these boxes. And the new Xbox that's coming out uh, in November looks like it's going to be even more insane. But it's beautiful. And I got got to get rid of my Blu-ray player that's been taking up space, so now I can just use that.
1: I still have a Blu-ray player. Uh, that basically just sits there until Christmas that uh, has Love Actually still just sitting in it from last <laughs> Christmas. So then I just press power on around Christmas time and, and spin up Love Actually. You know you could just digitize that and play it through your Apple TV, right? I, I think it's on Netflix. It does, But <laughs> I just find it funny that the, that the Blu-ray the just sits there with the disc in it waiting for Christmas.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I kept mine plugged in even because I used it for uh, Amazon Video. And I kept it there just because, you know, I have or Blu-ray discs that I'm probably never going to watch again. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then I use it for Amazon Video. And even though six months earlier, I got a TV with Amazon Video built in, I couldn't be bothered to, you know, pack it up and put it away. So right. until the Xbox came and I had to move it because I needed the plug.
1: But yeah. By pack it up and put it away, you mean throw it in the trash?
0: Uh, it's in the garage waiting for somebody to have a garage sale so I can give it to them so they can make a dollar off of it. Right. It is a nice Blu-ray player. I got one of the Sony ones. It's it's an actually a really nice Blu-ray player. If you,
1: I'm sure <laughs> I'm somebody sure in La- I'm yeah. sure somebody in Latvia would love to get a hold of it.
0: Jason. Yeah, I'm sure there are really nice Betamax <laughs> players still floating around out there too. Uh, one thing that I got this week that is not very nice though, hmm. I got the Amazon Dash Wand with Alexa. Ooh. Why would you do that? It's free. Oh, okay. It, it 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 cost me twenty bucks, but as soon as you buy it and you turn it on, you get twenty dollars in credit. So I'm like, right. oh, a free gadget to try out for the show. I'll try. I'll take that. Okay. Um. So what it's supposed to be able to do is you're supposed to be able to scan it, scan something, and then it adds it to your cart. Right. In theory. Right. <laughs> okay, in theory. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can also ask it questions like Alexa. And it comes mm-hmm. with a little card that, with a bunch of different things you can ask it. It's so, also
1: magnetic. You can stick it under your fridge. Yes, that's
0: where it's ex- actually where it's at. It, it, re- it gave me another uh, magnet to put. You know, cartoons and stuff on the fridge that I never do. Um, I actually used it to hold up the paper tickets for the B 52s that I went to go see last week, which is handy. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I, the, the, back to the card and it's a bunch of different things. Well, 50% of the things on that card don't actually work. Okay. Which is, I'm like, okay. Now, you know, they always say in software, if you, you know, if you're not embarrassed by your first release, you release too late. Well, Uh, apparently <laughs> Amazon dash Wand released right on time. Cause they should be really embarrassed by this thing. It doesn't do anything. So I went on a scan fest trying mm-hmm. to scan as many things as I could around my house to see what it would recognize and add to the cart. After about 25, 30 things, one, one thing was on Amazon <laughs> that I could scan and that was a four pack of deodorant. Right. But it was a good price. So I ordered it. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, but I mean, okay, 20 bucks, plus Mm -hmm. you get 20 bucks off immediately. It's got the microphone in it, so it's basically a a dumbed-down Alexa device. Mm -hmm. Who cares if it scans or not? You can just walk around the house talking to it.
0: But it doesn't work as well as Alexa does. Right. That's the problem.
1: Yeah. Or why would you need this even if you already had an Alexa at all?
0: So So. that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I talk to my Echo, and it works fine, but...
1: But it's free, so you get a free magnet for your fridge.
0: That's true. Yes, you get a free magnet with a, with a laser pointer that you can play with the cat with if you have a cat. There you um, go. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, talk about throwaway technology. We are there. Yeah, it literally <laughs> is worth, <laughs> worth
0: throwing away. But I'll keep, I'll keep it for the big fridge, fridge magnet access. And I did talk about uh, starting the Hackintosh project.
1: Yeah, how's week. that going?
0: Man, there are, there are some really good resources out there. I found a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is I was pricing it out. It's yep. not that much cheaper. <laughs> it really, yes, you can build a super powered machine, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you're still building a pretty high end PC, which means it's going to cost a lot of money. So the cost right. benefit analysis that I ran on it was like, hmm, maybe a couple hundred bucks saved over right. getting a top of the line iMac or waiting for the Pro. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. over a Pro, you're going to save a lot, I'm sure. But the the new iMac 5Ks that they have are just as powerful as the CPUs you're going to get in this thing. You can bust up the RAM. You're probably going to save like 600 bucks, I think. But you still have to buy a monitor. And the iMac comes with a monitor, a 5K monitor. So in the grand scheme of things, I'm not sure if it's worth the hassle. Because there's no place where you can just go buy a Hackintosh. It's like, okay, hey, look, we've put all the parts together. Pay us for labor. Here, we'll send you one. Which is what I'm I would sur- do in a heartbeat. But I, there's nobody that's selling them.
1: Nobody's marketed like a, a, a full put-it-together-yourself kit. Here's everything.
0: There are, there are places out there where you can get shopping lists, where you can buy right. them all and then put them all together, but I, ain't nobody got time for that. I got an Xbox li-
1: now. I got I to gotta say I'm a little disappointed because I was looking forward to the social media meltdowns that were going to be involved with this. I was having them when I was reading it in my head. I'm like,
0: <laughs> wait, I got to get thermal paste and like put the, <laughs> put the CPU fan on myself? what what kind of shittery is this i'm not 15 again i did this shit 30 uh, years ago
1: yeah that's what i was thinking when you were first telling me about this i was like you got it you're never gonna do this
0: i tell you what (laughs) i what really i mean what got me over the edge was my friend was telling me just get an xbox if you need something to distract you don't make a computer just go play some video games (laughs) and i'm like you know what? You're probably right. And then mm-hmm. you hounding on me, just waiting for me to explode when I started. Like put the, <laughs> it put the that kernel of doubt in the back of my head, saying, um, "You know, Brian's probably right about this one, and it's just going to be an expensive pain in the ass. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to get three quarters of the parts, get so pissed off at it, put them in a box right next to the. Uh, all of the other crap that I bought for the show that never really went anywhere. Like my Arduino kit, <laughs> all of that stuff, the closet of dead tech, very expensive <laughs> dead tech that we never used. And then just,
1: uh, <laughs> go, I, have like, just go have a beer. You just got have a beer and watch to, TV. I'd like to take this moment to apologize to our listeners. I apparently overplayed my hand with Jason too soon on this one. So did, no yeah. fun, no fun for any of us now.
0: No, seriously. That was, uh, you, 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 you were just so giddy, but I'm like, oh, no, because then I'm <laughs> on the hook. If I start this project and I don't finish it, I'm going to be eating crow for like two more years. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to do this show for two more years. If you going. how's that Hackintosh going? How's that Hackintosh every, going?
1: Every, every episode title is going to be Jason's Hackintosh. <laughs> yeah, that's day, it. Day five. Hack and fail. <laughs> on Lonely Island.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. How are them dip switches, Jason? no so yeah i think i think that project is going to go by the wayside unless i can find something that's going to have an easy pre-built one that i can just buy for cheaper than it would cost to go get a really high-end mac right and right now i don't need it i have six macs in my house Uh, i would like one just because i'm I'm reaching the end of what i can do with what i've got but um yeah (laughs) so that one's on the on the back burner uh, but, you know, it is going to snow here soon, so who knows? I do go a little snow crazy. But... That's true. So we talked about Winamp and how much we miss it so much. You remember, yes. remember
1: old Winamp? I, I vaguely remember it now. It was a beautiful little MP3 player back in the more innocent days.
0: Yeah, and it just worked. Mm-hmm. It really just worked. It did what it was supposed to do. Uh Ars Technica put up a post with a couple uh, articles put together about the you know the fifteen year history of Winamp and uh, how it fell apart and died. Now, going through this I, I, I normally I would say, uh, eh, it's a cute article, but halfway down here, it, mm-hmm. it jogged my memory um and I think we both worked with this guy. Do you remember Rob Lord? I do. there he is. Yep, Nullsoft's <laughs> first hire. I have yeah. worked with a lot of douchebags in the business. Mm-hmm. Top five was Rob Lord. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's 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 actually vying for two, number two and three. Number mm-hmm. one, I'm not going to name names on, but this guy was a dick <laughs> and almost got me fired several times for no reason. So, fuck you, Rob Lord. Um, <laughs> I just had to get that out. It's been it's, it's been it's been under my skin for a long time. If you can't tell, <sighs> God, I I love using this show for vengeance.
1: Well, to be I mean, if you really want to feel better about it, Rob, Rob Lord has just moved on to more. And well, okay. let me guess there's, he's got a podcast. There's two ways to look at this. First off, all he does is go from from project to project, all of which fail mm-hmm. on the other way of looking at it. He keeps getting funded and is obviously living a pretty good life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, he actually brokered the sale of the company I worked at to another company. Right. It, 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 thus ending my job at the company.
1: All right, let's, uh, let's, Sorry. let's uh, pound those sour grapes into the ground here and move on. <laughs> yes, they're pounded. I, I,
0: I just had to get the Hackintosh out of my, out of my system. <laughs> I feel better now. I feel better now. Okay, I did good. find a cool uh, app this week called Yoink. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, sometimes when you're dragging and dropping stuff on your Mac and you're like, uh, you like, you hold it and you try and move it around and all that stuff and get it from app to app, and sometimes it can be a little frustrating if you let go it, at the wrong
1: point. I will say UI on that uh, PC blows away. A mm-hmm. Mac. It is so much easier to drag and drop on PCs. Mac, Mac gets weird. Uh, so
0: what this app does, it gives you a little tray. So you select a bunch of stuff, and you can put mm-hmm. it in a little tray and then go to where you're going to go, and then go back to the tray, grab it, and put it back to where you want it to go. It's nice. I it, I found this on... Uh, or... Yeah. Mm, oh, oh, oh Or...
1: Apple yep. could actually just make it work better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I, Okay, so they're charging six ninety nine for this. This will be in the next version of iOS, or not iOS. This will be in the next macOS.
0: No, because, I mean, this, this is based on an old app called Drag & Drop. Okay. And so the, this functionality has been around forever, and they've never adopted it. So
1: mm.
0: we'll see. They might take it for iOS, but, yeah, I was listening to the Accidental Tech Podcast, and they were talking about this, so I tried it out, and it's pretty cool. I got to say, it's one All of right. the only things I get from that show. Uh, but <laughs> eh, what are you going to do? All right, you got some apps. Well, Muzzle app,
1: app <laughs> Muzzle app uh, crossed my, my social feed this week. It's not anything I need. Uh, I don't think it's anything anybody needs anymore at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole point of Muzzle is it's a simple Mac app to silence embarrassing notifications while screen sharing. It theoretically works with uh, any program that you can now screen share uh, within. And it automatically turns on Do Not Disturb when you launch your screen share so that you don't. Uh, now, the only reason I put this in here at all is go to the site. And start reading their examples. Aunt Arlene, please don't leave your butt plugs on the bathroom. Dot, dot, dot. Jesse, Vinny is looking for you. Seems pissed. Uncle Dwayne, woohoo, make America great again. <laughs> These are just fantastic. That uh, They put some good time into coming up with very, very funny notification messages. Mm-hmm. So, are you sure your wife won't find out? We are so overcharging this moron. I'm going to quit. Fuck this place. what's a milf your friends keep calling me that from mom (laughs) yeah good stuff so you don't need you don't need the app but you do need to go look at the website
0: um and here's here's a follow-on for that i noticed at the bottom it says uh
1: build websites check out code kit so i went to the Mm -hmm. code kit website have you checked this one out that actually looks really cool i i don't really think i need it anymore but if i were to build a website from scratch these days i think i would try that out all right, but you, here's what you missed on this one. You
0: have to oh. scroll down to the reviews. Okay. Uh, Phil Schiller, Senior Vice President at Apple. Our Mac updates are now scheduled, scheduled around major Code Kit releases. This app is that good. Craig Federici, is he high? <laughs> it just keeps going. Johnny Ive, CodeKit 3 is the most deliberate evolution of our founding design. Each button's nine-step anodized process brings absolute unity and efficiency to a singular <laughs> vision. This is truly a product that only Apple could create. <laughs> and then underneath tim cook stop quoting my employees very funny there's this tons funny. of them on here this guy is this i like this guy a lot yeah, all right i, no I'm a, I, I think is.
1: i'm actually i don't need muzzle but code kit looks super interesting so and it's only 34 bucks i'm going to support him for his clever comments and and fakeness and uh, that he did for the muzzle app and buy code kit and give it a go
0: okay let me know how it goes because it does look pretty cool
1: Yeah, it does. So, All right. uh, Something else I found that was super fun uh, this week, uh, Facebook ads. Now, you can use an ad blocker, and that gets rid of some but not all of Facebook ads. But rather than that, why not just replace them? Okay. So this is awesome. This is called Social Ads, Vintage Edition. It's a Google Chrome extension that replaces Facebook's stable of ads with nostalgia-inducing photos of everything you love that's now retro. So it brings in all these great 80s ads instead that they've <laughs> scanned and brought in. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Casio synthesizers, all these great old arcade cabinets. This is awesome i don't use chrome anymore but i ran it for just a couple days with this on it and i was snickering left right and center
0: if it's a chrome extension you can still run it in opera
1: oh that's right opera has that uh, that wraparound thing that lets you do the chrome one so i'm going to install that now and i'm going to turn off uh, ad blocking on facebook because this is fun if you are if you are of our age you will enjoy this and they have a pretty good stable of scanned ads in there because i've only seen repeats once or twice nice very cool and then finally, I was actually going to put this in more on of the week, but it just cracked me up too much. Rick's daily tips. Did you go to look at those website, Jason? I have not yet. No. So tell oh, me all about just, Rick and his daily tip. D- please do just quickly just the tip. Click, click on that and, and okay. take a look at the awesome design. Ooh. Hello, yes. blogger. Yes. Nicely so, done here. This is a great. I, I just like this. We've known at least for Facebook pages and for businesses for a long time, you need to go ahead and like your own stupid posts because it actually gives you a little bump up in the algorithm and theoretically makes it appear more places, which we all know probably doesn't do it anymore, especially now that there are people out there posting this as the secret. Uh, that means, obviously, that Facebook no longer it does that. But I just like this because he goes into it as, if you've been using Facebook for a while, you've probably noticed that many people like their own posts just as soon as they post them. While this could be viewed as a form of vanity i mean really is it cool to like your own posts in most cases it isn't vanity at work at all he then goes to explain that if you like your own post that means that'll force more people to see it which is the very fucking definition of vanity (laughs) but but it can be marketing as well Uh, but this is he's talking about for his own personal pages like not even marketing like i had a turkey sandwich today like i want to make sure that more people get the opportunity to see my post
0: yeah uh, good old Rick here. It's a great picture too. He looks like what's his name from? uh He looks like Stapler Guy. Yeah, the, yeah, from
1: uh, Office Space. <laughs> Office Space. Yeah. We're sp- Sorry, Stapler. we should make fun of him. I'm sure he's a lovely man.
0: Yes, he's an A plus certified computer tech and blogger with more than three decades of experience in the tech world.
1: He should be doing a podcast. He could call it Grumpy. What? Wait, that one's taken. Yeah, taken. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Radiohead's OK Computer is probably it's top top five albums of all time for me, for sure. Um, I should listen to it someday. Then it's great, and it kind of marked. It's for me, it's the high water mark of Radiohead, and I know I'm committing heresy, especially with our particular Demographic of listeners who will now inform me that Radiohead can do no wrong and send endless links of songs that I don't like that came after OK Computer and (laughs) tell me how wonderful that they are. They aren't. Uh, OK Computer was definitely, I mean, this is one of the best albums of all time. Tom York has always insisted that OK Computer was inspired by the dislocation and paranoia of nonstop travel, coming off a you know endless touring of the bends. Uh, everybody else in the world has kind of told him no. It's about unchecked consumerism and over reliance on technology and how it can lead to automation and eventually alienation from ourselves and from another, which is what I think it's about. And uh, New- the New Yorker of all places goes into a very long article about how everything that they talked about in okay computer and we were worried about in the dystopia that they were telling us was coming well it's all here now yay (laughs) so yay it is 20 years old i think it was the 20th anniversary so they've just released a you know super box set with uh, outtakes things like that we've talked about it on the show before yeah i just thought this was a great article from the new yorker that really i mean it's not every day that you get the new yorker writing about an album okay and uh going super in depth on it so fascinating read if you're a radiohead fan and if you haven't listened to okay computer yet jason i put the xbox away for an evening <laughs> and uh toss on okay computer and give it a go it is a phenomenal album okay i'll i'll, I'll give that a shot so daniel day kim from lost mm-hmm. uh, grace park boomer and uh Cylon number eight from battlestar galactica Quickly got new jobs when those shows ended. Uh, they were both ended up becoming stars on Hawaii 5 I can't believe that that show has been running for like seven years now or something. Right I know. I can't believe uh, it either. I always meant to go watch it. I never did. Uh, uh, don't,
0: Park. dude, don't, don't. I watched half an episode and was just like, uh,
1: my brain fell out. I'm like, this is dumb. Grace Park in a bikini. I don't think you understand how much I love Boomer. Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean... That's few and far between, though.
1: It's a lot of mm. bros and guns. Okay. Well, uh, they're not on the show anymore anyways. They okay. are leaving because uh, they were not getting as much money as their white co-stars, according to Variety. Uh, they were seeking salaries equal to those of stars uh, Alex O'Loughlin and Scott Kahn, who neither of whom I've even heard of. Scott Kahn um, was in
0: uh, Entourage for like two seasons. He was pretty funny Never, in
1: that. Never watched that show. I know. So uh, CBS's final offer to the two actors was reportedly 10 to 15% lower than the salaries of their co-stars. That seems a little fucked up. Yep. So there you go. I'm glad you're leaving. You guys are both great. I mean, fantastic actors. So get the fuck out of there and fuck CBS.
0: Yep. Go start up a new Battlestar Galactica
1: thing. No. Bring back Boomer. Oh, well, I'm kind of beyond <laughs> that. That's fine. Yeah. There you go. Uh, you have dipped your toe into ya- you, uh, uh, Yahoo. Yahoo. <laughs> Yahoo's, well, Yahoo's <laughs> probably the only company not doing this at the moment. Uh, YouTube TV. Um one of the five companies in search of the mythical $35 price point for basically uh, getting over the intertubes TV. Yes, right? yes, I did. And, and I, I last, it, it lasted
0: for a, a month and a half and a, a well, long enough to get a Chrome. That's it.
1: Yes. Another uh, another company is now in this time. It's Hulu. They are offering for uh, approximately 50 channels, including live TV and four major broadcast networks for $40 a month. As mentioned, this is the fifth major company to enter this market over the last few years. Sling, Sony, DirecTV, YouTube, and now Hulu. None of them are any fucking good. <laughs> None of them yeah. are able to get all the channels that anybody would want. Uh, local channels still continue to be the biggest problem. Um, That's bundles... what YouTube TV was good for.
0: YouTube TV is Here... good for local, but I didn't get a, a bunch of other channels
1: that I needed. So I still had to, you know, hop on over to Sweden. But here's the thing. It's almost as if they forget that the reason that we are all upset about cable or satellite TV in the first place is bundling. And what all five of these companies are doing is creating bundles. It's the only way they can get the channels, though. That's the problem. Yes. Well, that's the thing. Then don't even fucking bother doing this. Don't bother because it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You're charging a little bit less and giving us less. So fuck it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, honestly, it's like I I just stopped watching that much TV. It, it, that's <laughs> after I One got can rid always of YouTube, do that. Yeah. Once I get rid of YouTube TV, I found that, I, oh, you know what? I don't, I don't really need to, I don't really need to watch <laughs> Big Brother. No, well, nobody actually needs to watch Big Brother. No, no nobody needs to watch. But the, you know, yeah. the one channel that I always want is Comedy Central and none. Of, nobody has it. Once Hulu dropped Comedy Central, then I dropped Hulu.
1: Right. You know, and you can always just go and get the app themselves. I mean, you could watch that. Uh, I don't think Comedy Central charges for their app and you can watch old shows, although I do think that they do. the. You have to, you to have, to have a cable
0: provider. Yeah, cable
1: provider is. Yeah.
0: Yeah and all, all my friends have tapped out on all of their accounts for their cable companies so I can't I can't get a free yeah. login damn it
1: well and things are getting even more fractured in the media landscape Facebook has now added to their original TV lineup which thus far has not really made any waves but uh, they got Micro on board so I like returning the favor featuring Dirty Jobs, Mike Rowe. He'll highlight people across the country who do exceptional work in their communities. Uh, the second show is named yet, but it is a reality series starring LeVar Ball and his family, which is a bunch of basketball player type people with massive egos from oh. what I've heard. <laughs> so that should be not interesting. Now, if it was LeVar Burton, uh, I'd be into it, but not. Levar I know Ball. that's kind of, when I first copied and pasted the story. I was like LeVar Burton and Mike Rowe. That's great. No, nope. I was a little more disappointed. <laughs> so I'm assuming that this is all just free. Uh, lost leaders for Facebook. Yeah, Facebook so, just can. Yeah. They should just buy all the TV
0: companies anyway and just give it away for free. So you'll they spend more time on Facebook.
1: All. Yes, uh, Spotify is also rolling out their own original content. They've actually been doing it since 2016, but uh, they're getting into it more. More traditionally now so there's a documentary about the young days of legendary rock band metallica a video series on green day because of course green day has to take over everything at the moment <laughs> K rock uh now the streaming service is getting ready to launch something called i'm with the band an in-house initiative that will feature music videos and a documentary inspired by issues like immigration and LGBTQ. Uh, lbgtq sorry i was just getting used to the four-letter version and then he rolled out another letter equality the original series brings together artists such as uh designer pusha t the aforementioned k flay who i love and ex ambassadors on six new pieces of music all created with help from singers songwriters and producers who are affected by trump's controversial travel ban so content coming from spotify and not afraid to look like snowflakes
0: where do you get to what do you have to use like the spotify app to watch the videos i've never seen because I, I don't use Spotify the app for yes. anything, so you have you, to use the well, app to get it. I
1: see. Yes, you do. So if you're if you're in app, you can watch videos and all that sort of stuff, and all this stuff is in there, and it's pretty. I watched the K Flay bit. It was good.
0: So. Okay. If, if it and, doesn't uh, cost you any more from your standard spotify then it's fine it
1: does not it does not although one would assume if they start to roll out a significant amount of content there will be some sort of premium premium
0: premium access. premium super yes. duper premium
1: super premium yes, yes. and uh, vulture has a nice long form article called the streaming problem how spammers superstars and tech giants game the Music industry we have talked about a number of these things when spotify first came out uh, people putting out Completely silent albums uh or you know two one second, second three second yeah. songs and and having their fans just play them repeatedly, yep, this is a whole list of how Spotify gets gamed, yeah, uh including any time that there's a hit song, people immediately releasing cover versions, um the happy birthday insert name here oh, thing yeah. that seems to be working very, very well, that's a good idea. It's a fantastic idea. And as you as as we go more and more to people using uh, basically voice searches rather than using a keyboard or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the you know, we all know how well they actually work. There's always a little bit of, of of error going on and plus, you know, it's just gonna grab something that's close. So that's what you know, Lamar Kendrick Lamar had a song called Humble, which is like very huge right now. And there are already like thirty five different cover what they call cover bots and rip off artists. Wow. who are at one one song alone has been streamed more than 30,000 or 300,000 times which is eh, you know you're gonna make a couple bucks there yeah so so a lot of people are out there gaming the system it's quite funny and this is a great read so go take a look at it if you want to chuckle
0: oh man that's just it's kind of sad because those you know the yeah the spammers do like swing the numbers so regular yep. plays from regular artists get shafted even more
1: well, that and the the weird thing about it is, if you do, especially if you if you've hooked up Spotify with Alexa and you just ask them to play an artist, what they'll do is they'll play the top songs, right? Yeah. So that can get game too, where instead of hearing like the songs that you want to hear, you're starting to hear these weird cover versions that pop up that are just tagged. Oh, it's just oh, strange. there's there there are it's switches that
0: you can turn off. I had to do this this week. There are switches in the Spotify uh, control panel or the settings panel that you can turn off, like play artist like and follow on, like when ah. the albums are done. So, okay. yeah, I turned all that crap off because I like I was playing uh, Rise Against and then it went into some Blink-182 shit. And I'm like, get this off of my <laughs> damn machine. I don't ever want to hear Blink-182 Blink, Blink 182 is not welcome in my home.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. OK, well, I'll check that, that out. out and, yeah. and Spotify, what you also need to add is a never play option. I want a ban. I want to be able to click on Red Hot Chili Peppers and never have anything that ever has any of those artists ever,
0: ever Oh, God, that was
1: so nice. It should. Why wouldn't you have that? It makes sense. I do not want Peter Cetera ever to
0: be played in my house.
1: I will take Peter Cetera way before the Chili Peppers.
0: It's a toss-up. Security? Ha! We're joined again this week by Dave DDoS Bittner from the CyberWire. He's here to lull you into a false sense of security with his very own dulcet tones. Hello, gentlemen. It's nice to be back.
2: Well, everything back. going well since I was gone last week?
1: You kind of came off a little bit halish there. <laughs> open, open the pod bay door, you know, Jason. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, actually, I was,
2: I was kind of going for Roman Mars from Ninety Nine Percent Invisible, but you no, know, all right. Anyway, good to be back, gentlemen. <laughs> good to hear you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's been a busy week as it always is. It seems like, um, like so many things, the rate of change is accelerating when it comes to cybersecurity and. Threats and so forth. Last week we spoke about the uh, malware known as many names. Uh, some people are calling it Petya, some, some people are calling it Not Petia. Some people are calling it Nyetia, which is my favorite. Although it doesn't seem like that one's going to stick.
0: Well, we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna try and change that because Nyetnia is my favorite as well. Yeah, Anytime.
2: it is. We've Golden eyes is another one that's been going by. Hated that movie. Yeah. It seems yeah. like Not Petia <laughs> is the one that has stuck the most. And I, I'm okay with that one. It, it, what what troubles me is that there are many people still referring to it as Petya, which is actually the correct name of a previous bit of ransomware. So I think for the sake of not having confusion,
0: and the fact that this is not it literally is not Petya. It is exactly <laughs> so we can't I don't know how we could be more clear than to call it
2: not Petya, but uh, that certainly differentiates the two, you you'd think. So um the the fallout continues from not Petya. Um, there's a really great uh, article that we link to here from uh, the Talos team um, that really lays it all out it's uh, from beginning to end of how this uh, how this works uh, how it took hold um, this week has really been about the fallout and the financial fallout um, some of the companies like um, Maersk, the uh, big shipping company you know they've got hit pretty hard by it they've had, People cancel orders because ports have been shut down while they've been trying to deal with this. That's so insane. When yep. it gets to the point where companies are advising their investors that there may be real effects on earnings, um, that certainly takes it to another level of attention. From, what, do, uh, what do you
0: always say, Dave? Now we're, soon we'll be talking about real money?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so, you know, they were hit pretty big. Um Uh, There was a division of FedEx. They have a division called TNT, I believe. Dynamite! uh, Yeah. Oh, boy. They were hit hard as well. So substantial fallout. Um, As we said last week, this initially was perceived to be ransomware. turns out it's not. It's just a wiper. It's it's destructive. Uh, Once again, targeting Ukraine. And of course, everybody's looking at. Who are we looking at, gentlemen? Russia, the Russians, absolutely. but you know, Trump
0: just got out of his meeting with Putin, and Putin says they didn't do nothing, so uh, that is, so it can't be Russia. So we got well, to, that we settles have to move it. On. Yeah, <laughs> that
2: settles it. Was That's, it probably yeah. just okay. some Russian patriots, like some of the <laughs> other ones, and the government had nothing to do with it. Yeah, we don't know. Um, we don't know. That, we don't who know knows? We don't know How that. could you know?
0: <laughs> Wasn't there a big raid this week though with the the company that had that owns the Medoc software that was actually used as the launching point for not Petra? Yes.
2: Yes. Uh, yes. It is. Uh, it's uh, I believe it's referred to as M.E. Doc is the correct way to say it. Um, not that I'm being pedantic or anything. But you're but, being pedantic. Um, so. Yes, on. but I am. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, the company who did M.E. Doc got raided this week by Ukrainian authorities. Um, now, they were very cooperative with uh, Cisco, the Cisco report that we've laid Wait, out. They were here, they
0: were raided by the Cisco police.
2: No, 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 no. They were rated. No, Cisco volunteered to help them, ah. and they were open to that. They said, "Yes, please come on over," and basically, you know, opened up the kimono and said, "Please have a look at everything you want to look at. We want to get to the bottom of this." And mm. and according to this report by Cisco, they did just that and dug in and and helped them out. So um, they they weren't really trying to hide anything, by all accounts. Uh, but at the same time, the Ukrainian authorities went in and are looking at ME Doc as ground zero for this. And so um, I don't know if it's too... Well, they've said that they they could be held responsible and liable um, for not, not having a high enough standard of security to allow this to go out to as many people as it did. Um, according to the reports, they were backdoored three times before this one out wow. so I mean, do
1: you think it, yep. if that is set as a precedent that's that's going to really change things the it idea could, that, like, that like, you like, are you are if you didn't you don't take care of your own house and somebody gets in and affects your computers and those go out and get everybody else out you are responsible
2: uh yes but I, I mean let's look back at something like the target breach certainly there was a huge financial impact on them and that made everybody uh, take a closer look at all this stuff. It made a lot of people buy a lot of insurance. Mm-hmm. So you know there are different ways to approach the the pos- the liability uh, reality. You can you can you can improve your protection. You can buy more insurance. You probably end up doing both. So right. yes, uh, but I, I do agree. I think the more of these that we have, where people are held liable, and and you know if people actually end up doing jail time. Yeah, you can bet everybody who's on a board of directors who's going to be possibly uh, exposed to this sort of thing, they're going to be taking a real good look at uh, how they're protecting themselves. And the interesting so, thing,
0: like, you know, Brian, you brought up the target hack, which is a, a very interesting topic when you want to get into it, because if you look at the ME doc issue, that was probably computer on computer issues, right? But the the target hack was perpetrated by, you know, guys that were dressing up as hvac contractors that broke in so yeah. they're you know they're totally different attack vectors on those even though the result was it's similar you know they got into the systems for the target but you're looking right. at two separate types of you know attacks and where do where do we draw the line where where liability comes in
1: yeah i don't think you do anymore i i don't i mean i know you know you're talking human vector versus computer on computer crime but at this point is there a difference, at least as far as, as uh, repercussions or the law would be concerned? And I'm not sure that there is.
0: We have to start getting licenses for computers and treating them like handguns, putting them in the vault at night. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> I'm not, they do that in
1: your beloved movie, Hackers? I'm, I'm,
0: hackers? I'm, I'm, I'm actually not <laughs> joking. It's like you got to lock up the computers. The, the cleaning staff should not have willy-nilly access. Take away that you have to check in your keyboard at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't
1: necessarily be virtually, a bad idea.
2: Yeah, virtually or otherwise, you know. I, I mean, it's an interesting idea. I mean, there are plenty of organizations who make a point of telling people, you know, shut the damn things off at night, um, just to
1: reduce your attack surface. Don't leave your passwords on a post-it note next to your uh, on no. your monitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but these yeah, are all absolutely. just
0: like caveman approaches to the problem. You know, when, yes. you, when you really look at it, it's. There, there, are much more elegant solutions, but this is a thought experiment for another day. Let's, let's keep going. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
2: uh, all right. So, uh, story about uh, hacker last week. Again, we talked
0: about the nuclear facilities being targeted, and, and yeah. uh, the interesting sh- thing that you and I talked about, Dave, last week is you know uh, somebody got into an administrative system, but we were right. we were both on the same page. We're like they could just be probing the network. And right. there's a new joint right. statement out uh, from the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security saying that, yeah, there is no indication of a threat to public safety, and any potential impact appears to be limited to administrative and business networks. But also in the article, they say that they are trying to map those networks. Right. So yeah, we were ahead of the time. Hey, breaking news.
1: <laughs> Lateral movement. It's such a weird thing to to say that, the, you know, there is no threat to public safety. That is in the statement itself. But the statement carried an urgent amber warning, the second highest rating for the sensitivity of the threat. Mm-hmm. So which is it, guys?
2: <laughs> well, tomato, let me tomato. fall back here and say, you know, I when faced with these sorts of um, uh, critical infrastructure Situations, I always look to Robert M. Lee, who we've talked about before from Dragos, who, Jason, mm-hmm. I think you said has the coolest company name there is when it comes to these sorts of things. And, and he, even, um, he even
0: tweeted a thank you for that. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, yeah.
2: He's, um, <laughs> He is my voice of reason because he is usually calm and measured and sort of he doesn't hesitate to to cut through the crap and tell you the way things really are. And uh, right before we went on the air today, I was checking out his Twitter feed and he was basically saying, look, you know, this is no don't panic. This is no there's no need to panic. Um, If there's any group of people who understand, um, you know, keeping their systems under controls, it's the folks in the nuclear power (laughs) business. Um, Such a
0: great track record. Well, they they have a great. They do actually have a great track record. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Here in this country.
0: <clears throat> yeah so i think we were right last week
2: in that our suspicion sort of from last week got confirmed this week uh it's there's no reason to panic yet but really the, the types of things that we were talking about are pretty much the types of things that they're talking about this week so <laughs> is it surprising that that bad guys are trying to map out these systems nope, no not at all, not at all. <laughs> no not at all <laughs> well so, you know here's the thing um,
0: if this podcast thing doesn't work out for us you know where we have a job <laughs> uh psychics a nuclear facility analyst that's us oh, we could g- or or that or that yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have the credentials we talked about it on an episode before that you know the fbi and homeland security came out with the report so we that's we right. broke the story so we that's our that's our <laughs> new gig man all, all right. right i'm start start uh polishing up our resumes just in case <laughs> uh, a couple of people that don't have to polish their resumes are a couple <laughs> russians who got busted for uh, running a hacking service. Basically, you know, hacking as a service or evil as a service. As uh, was it two episodes ago? We, we yes. named our, yeah. episode, our show. Yeah.
2: Uh, Well, let's be let's be clear here. They are actually Latvians. No, uh. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no,
0: no. They were. No. Act, they're no. actually one Russians of, living. One of them is at least a Russian. One of them is, is Russian living yes. in Latvia. One of them is Latvian. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yes. yes. All right. Mr. Pedantic is back again. Ah, but yes. they also
0: got a co-conspirator in Virginia.
2: Yeah, ah, yeah. So, uh, I think the the take home. So, just to sort of give an overview of the story here, these are two men, uh, like you said, in Latvia, who for a long time, it says this their network has been operational since 2006. So, we, we hacked you a long time. This a while. <laughs> yeah, they've been running basically these sort of, um, you know, bad guys as a service sorts of things, um, all things, you know, virus uh, um, Trojans and uh, remote access Trojans, keyloggers, loggers, all the, all the usual suspects. And they've been running these as a service, providing customer service and all these things that we talk about. Um, these are some of the folks who've been doing it. And according to this report, they've been doing it for quite a while. They have thousands of customers. And good for the FBI. They tracked him down and uh, and they've been arrested. Uh, one of the things that I noted in the uh, this article from the Washington Post was that uh, Assistant U.S. Attorney uh, Kellen Dwyer noted that when Bondar's—that's one of the guys—and by the way, Bondar, that's a great bad guy name. Yeah. Um, when Bondar was arrested, he was carrying thirty thousand dollars in U.S. cash, as you do, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he had bank accounts in various countries. So okay. I I suppose. If you're not using Bitcoin, uh, this sort of thing, I guess could be a cash business.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, $30,000 U.S. in Latvia, that's like, what, a Snickers bar? He was just going to go. He was going to Starbucks. That's all. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) Dollars don't go as far as they
0: used to. Yeah, everybody Um, in Latvia is a millionaire from all the cybercrime, So, you know, inflation. Yeah, well. But it covers a topic that we talked about last week where, you know, it's like, is being... Software as a service in the evil area, as bad as as actually perpetrating the crimes. Well, turns out you can still go to jail and get arrested for it. So, it does happen,
2: right? And you know, yay for the FBI. This is, I think, so many of these things we think about day to day, and we don't really think about people being brought to justice because, I think. Usually the way it goes is that people get away with these things for a long time, and I think there are a lot of people who just get away with these things, particularly if they keep it at the low-level kind of, uh, I don't know, side business kind of thing, Um, hacks and skids, but um, these guys, I suspect they've been on the FBI's target list for a long time and uh it's nice to see them being brought to justice. And hopefully that helps put the word out to the other folks out there that they might want to
0: think twice before doing this kind of thing and that the law has a long arm. Yeah, I mean eleven year investigation probably into these guys finally bore some fruit. I mean they didn't do they didn't do the whole Ross Ulbricht, I'm a megalomaniac, I can, you know, have people killed type of thing. They're just like, uh, ah, you want some you want some malware? Here you go. Give me rubles. Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, speaking of uh, exchanging money, <laughs> uh, according to Bleeping Computer, the fourth largest cryptocurrency exchange
0: was hacked, and users lost some of that money. They lost some Ethereum and Bitcoin. Um, we don't know how much yet. They haven't confirmed the exact amount, but it seems like it's a lot because there are a lot of users on this this exchange. What surprised me was. Uh, so thirty-one thousand eight hundred BitThumb users uh were had their basically their stuff stolen, which is three mm-hmm. percent of the platform's user base. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of people. But I guess if you're the fourth largest exchange, you know, that would it says there's a lot of people into Bitcoin and Ethereum nowadays.
2: Yeah. I, I that's more than I would have thought. I can't really say that I have any reason to have a good beat on this. I don't personally dabble in these sorts of things yet but uh i suppose it's only a matter of time uh as they become more popular they'll they'll just probably become easier to use them Well, i mean the thing
0: is look at look back at mount uh was it mount gox and all of the other exchanges that's the one thing about cryptocurrency exchanges is the only time you hear them in the news is when they get hacked and that's like every other week (laughs) <laughs> it's like, okay, it's really easy to set up a cryptocurrency exchange. It's really hard to secure one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but I, I wonder if we're going to see a sliding scale of, 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 of as we're in, as as these exchanges lose their newness and the bugs get worked out and and everyone goes, oh, that but oh. And
0: well, the, the professionals step way. in. We, we need the professionals to step in because you know that these things are run by a bunch of amateurs. Hmm. Sorry, look at Mount Gox. Those guys were writing PHP. They they okay, A, they wrote their exchange in PHP, <laughs> number one, and these guys are they're literally figuring it out on the fly.
1: Well, I mean well, that, to, to be honest, that's part of the appeal for people that are trying that are investing in, in these in these cryptocurrencies right now because it is volatile, which means there's a chance to make big money and it's a gamble. Yeah. So the, the right. thing the thing about these things is as they get codified, as they become more and more professional, competent, standardized, the, the chance of making big money goes away as well. And it kind of loses some of its appeal.
0: We need an FDIC for
1: cryptocurrency is what we need. Well, then then yeah. nobody's going to bother with it anymore. I mean, it's insurance. So somebody can
0: come in and insure it. It doesn't have to be the actual federal government. Some, some or, or the
1: party. or the company itself. Apparently, because the thing that you guys left out about this story so far is that the the exchange is basically going to reimburse all the users. So they're right now they're they're insuring it themselves. Apparently, yeah, yeah, which is interesting. How how you know where they're going
2: to get the money to do that? It it struck me that you know something I've thought about in terms of just plain old money. You know, the money that you we all have that's in our banks um it's sort of you don't think about your money as being your money in other words oh, i do you're
0: well <laughs> i have it, so little of it i I definitely think of it as my money <laughs> his
1: chase well, is on a first name basis
0: with <laughs> yeah. every
2: dollar right it's all it's all under uh, alexander it's under,
0: hamilton <laughs>
2: hey phil <laughs> it's all i gotta change in under, for a taco yep <laughs> yeah it's all stuffed under bam bam's mattress that's right but um if your bank gets robbed Right. The the, the you know mm. the bank at the top of the street where you keep your money. Your first thought is not, oh, I hope they didn't get my money. Yes, because yeah, it's, it's not your money. It's, you know, the, the whole, it's it's just money and it's it's just a ledger. You know,
0: it's it's mm. it's, a you know? Bizarre, have, it's a bizarre social contract that exactly. it, that nobody can really wrap their head around because well, very, know, when the financial crash happened. We're all like, what what happens if we wake up in the morning and money doesn't work?
1: You know, the separation you between like a, a physical object and uh, as money has just deteriorated massively within the last twenty years. There's, yes. there's no doubt about it. We mm-hmm. don't consider it. We don't think about it. It is, you know, bits and dots, and it's credit card statements. It's we don't we make no connection anymore. Unless you're a libertarian
0: and you got a box of gold under your bed. So that's true. <laughs> I've seen them commercials on CNN. That's right. that's right. Well, moving on. Have you guys ever heard of a zip bomb? Not until today. Nope. You know, I had neither. So yeah, the thing about a zip file, which I, 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 you know, I knew that compression was really efficient, right? Yeah. But I didn't know how efficient it could be. Because you can have a 42k zip file that will expand into a 4.5 petabyte file <laughs> if you're just encrypting zeros. Yeah. Nice. This is the coolest thing I've ever heard. And I, I found this on Bleeping Computer because they're they are one of my new favorite sites for just weird hacking news. And people are taking these 42K files and they're hosting them on ports on their web server that hackers will usually port scan to try and find vulnerabilities in their web server. So if Mm -hmm. I'm just like doing a port scan and trying to find this stuff and I'm like, okay, I noticed that this user agent comes from a, a port scanning tool, I'm going to serve them up this zip file that they will then, when they get it, they will decompress because uh, you can do gzip and things like that on you know over over HTTP. It's one of the standard compression algorithms that you use you gzip stuff and pass it around. and so when they get it, boom, their computer is trying to <laughs> extract a 4.5 petabyte file <laughs> onto their server which will basically will crash it obviously. Yeah, uh, I think this is just so damn clever. It made my day. I'm like, that's really cool. You know, I used to <laughs> I used to serve pictures of gay porn up when people would try and steal my images. But this is way more clever.
2: It is. <laughs> I was really waiting to see how that sentence was going to end.
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Look, man, we used to de- when 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 Brian and I started with our web servers back in the early 90s, you had to pay for bandwidth for your web server. And when people would hot link right. your images and they would get popular you had to pay for that so our revenge or at least my revenge was uh yeah let's not say our okay but i know you did (laughs) it too don't don't front bring brian into this nightmare you did it too
1: so (laughs) i I did not use male pornographic images but i did replace the images yes yeah so
0: yeah sometimes you replace it depends on the client sometimes it'd be like please do not link to this image you know you could do something clever if if it if it was you know like for a a a company that you were doing. But for (laughs) me personally, yes. And Goatsey was popular for a while (laughs) and things like that. uh... But yeah, you could you could replace whatever they were stealing if the refer didn't match coming from your website. And uh this I think is just an an evolution of that which makes me very happy.
1: It's quite (laughs) clever. Um I ran across a story which kind of shocked me. This is one of those things that you never think about because I guess well, you're not, I'm not in the military. I know we have a couple military listeners who have sent in some interesting questions that we've been unable to answer because we don't really know policies going on in the military with tech. But this one was more than a little surprising. Uh, the US military is finally going to start encrypting soldiers' emails. Believe it or not, they are not encrypted at the moment. So, <laughs> to some degree, they'd have been better off using Gmail. Uh, but OK, uh, they don't even use start TLS, which is a 15 year old encryption technology. Uh, the reason that they say that they can't use that is they cannot scan through for malware phishing attempts and other exploits. Uh, that's what the DISA is saying. So but uh, never worry. They are coming up with a system to finally encrypt our soldiers emails uh, and it will be ready in uh, next July. Hmm. So <laughs> OK hopefully
2: I can't of these things of, of
1: importance will happen in the next year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I you know, I kind of understand where they're coming you know. from though. They're trying to they're trying to prevent the military and computers that these soldiers are actually checking their email on from getting phishing attempts or malware yeah. sent to them. So they can scan everything in the email links and things like that and mm-hmm. flag those so being able to do that
1: I agree. Uh, yeah. I, I, it makes sense, the reasoning why, but I, it's, it's just one of those things that it's like a mental bomb that goes off in your mind going, this is not in place already?
0: Yeah, and I think the way that they're <laughs> going to have to do this is basically do their own man-in-the-middle attack, as it were. So they're, right. like, mid-flight, they'll, they'll decrypt it, scan it, then re-encrypt it and send it on. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think, the it, only way that they can do it. And that will take some time to do, to build that system for the entire military. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: It reminds me of that joke from, from Airplane, which I'm, I can just paraphrase, where the, the pilot says, You know, we're, we're coming in low from the north. Uh, we'll be protected by fog so they can't see us. And uh, we'll be dropping all of our 500 pound bombs. And she says, When will you be back? He says, I can't tell you that. It's classified. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you were going to go with Have you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, that's that's, 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 that's your story. That, That's your just you, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> see, it's always. Grown I just, I just naked had to wrap it into Look, I'm just Always you know, it's a, it's grown a, men naked with you It's a
0: callback it's, I'm just saying it's <laughs> yeah. a callback
2: I got it We got it yeah. We're we're with you, man We're with you Okay, yeah. okay
0: Moving on <sighs> Moving on
2: <laughs> So um, In the Civil Liberties uh, department uh, From the Civil Liberties desk Here at Grumpy Old Geeks <laughs> uh, Facebook is fighting a gag That prohibits it from alerting users To search warrants uh, This is from Sophos Must um, not
0: make joke <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I, I've been <laughs> chastised enough. Moving on. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is interesting. You know, um, quite often when the government asks uh, a company, a, a, a provider to mm-hmm. provide information on users, they do so. And, and with that request comes a gag order where the company cannot tell the person that they're providing the information about that that information is being provided. Mm-hmm. And of course, there are people who there, there, there are legitimate good reasons for that sometimes. But on the other hand, sometimes the companies push back. And in this case, Facebook is pushing back and saying that uh, it joined with the EFF uh, saying that, no, um, you, you can't just do this. You know, you, you have to have a good reason. <laughs> and and uh, we think it violates the First Amendment rights of our subscribers for us to turn over their information without them knowing about it. And uh, I, we don't have time to go into a lot of the details, but it's an interesting article worth reading. Um, and, I you know, I think it's good for there to be attention here. I think it's good for these companies to, to push back and have this play out, let the courts decide um, where this needs to land. What well, this I reminds th- me of is uh, – go ahead.
1: I just, I just think it's a great story because it's such a unicorn. It's Facebook doing something right.
0: <laughs> oh, come on, Mark. Don't hide it. Provide it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right right the other thing it reminded me of is
2: something we talk about a lot here uh, the CyberWire is when it comes to military things and, and state secrets there's this tendency to over classify because why not right so yeah mm-hmm. you have all these things that people just stamp a classified stamp on because that way you know we don't have to share it. it's classified and uh, you know there's not a lot of oversight to to that um And so a lot of people say that there are too many things being classified. This reminded me of that. Yeah,
0: right. Well, go go Facebook. Never (laughs) something that we ever say on this show. (laughs) It's it's quite. It's quite rare.
1: Yeah, give them credit Credit where where credit's due. Exactly. Now, we started off this segment by unintentionally going off onto a thought piece tangent. And I actually had one ready for the end of the segment anyway. So we'll start with (laughs) a thought piece and end with one. Uh, This is a very good long form article by John Penny, who is a research fellow at the Citizen Lab at the University of Toronto, and teaches law uh, as well. He's a research affiliate for Princeton Center for Information Technology Policy as of fall 2017. And he has done a very long study and a very long article about what exactly he sees happening when speech is chilled by surveillance. So this is the thought that, uh, a little backstory, earlier this month, the Director of National Intelligence, Dan Coates, backtracked on a promise to disclose how many of Americans' communications are being swept up in warrantless mass surveillance of foreign targets, and he has admitted that even Herculean efforts by the NSA would be unable to determine the number of people, and Reuters has reported that could be in the millions. This is not only an American concern, uh, what this guy John Penny is doing is he's been studying this stuff and finding you know, different occasions of surveillance spyware being used by different governments, including Mexican governments, to monitor journalism, human rights activists, uh, lawyers, et cetera, and not just cyberbullying and harassment. And as he goes through all of this, what he's discovering is basically that people, when they feel they are being monitored uh, or there is surveillance going on, whether it actually is or not, uh, just the, the thought of there actually being surveillance going on tend to change their behaviors online. Um, And how exactly is this affecting us and how we behave online is a really interesting topic that he gets really deeply into. And he also points out that uh, through his research, he's discovered that this stuff actually uh, affects different people more so than others, particularly women and young people who will basically curtail activities that they would have engaged in online because they just feel like they're being watched. It's quite interesting it is it is i i i'm not sure how i
2: feel about this I, I it's it it is fascinating on the one hand i had the reaction of thinking well duh i mean if you know you're being watched then your ch- chances are you're going to um i i my first thing thought is to say be better behaved although that might not be uh, the best way to describe it because is good behavior always the best behavior for a For a situation, I, uh, right, right. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure it is, but um, certainly, you know, if you know, <laughs> I don't know, if you're a teenager and you know your mom's standing in the hallway outside your room, are you less likely to, <laughs> um, I don't know, be <laughs> Take, fooling around with your girlfriend or boyfriend on the other side of the door? Even, you know, probably not. So, um, you've never been to but, my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, but on the other hand, it's how fascinating that women and young people are affected more so. I, I guess also, on the one hand, surprising. On the other hand, maybe not, because if those are groups who are might be more accustomed to being told, you know, hey, pipe down or, or something like that, maybe,
1: maybe they're disempowered, they're con-
2: conditioned. Yeah, yeah. It, that's the perfect way to say it, Brian. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they're conditioned to
1: be more I mean, circumspect it does make when me... they
2: think someone's watching them.
1: It does make me wonder: Is this the last nail in one of the last uh, in the coffin of what the internet was supposed to be, which was the great leveler? Um, you know, where the disenfranchised and disempowered were given the same degree. And what we're finding is uh, not really; it's it's still the people that feel the power in in the real world that are maintaining it, even now into our virtual worlds. Yeah, and and what an amplifying effect it has. That,
2: you yes. Know? The ability for people to be shouted down, piled up upon and and uh, and harassed is is greater maybe perhaps greater than their ability to get their voice out there yeah, yeah. It, it, you're, you're right it's an interesting article and uh, certainly worth the read uh, one of those articles that you you end up spending some time thinking about for a while after you 've read it
1: and one of those articles where there's there's a lot of stuff that he links out to, and you know I never go and Read all the the various links in an article, but this one, I've been working my way through it and reading all the sub articles that he's pulling from. It's just fascinating to see what he sees and, and how things again, you know, we're three middle aged white men sitting here right. having a discussion about <laughs> right, exactly. uh, things things that aren't really affecting us too much. Obviously, yep. we're on this podcast and we're spewing shit all the time. We are not changing what we're saying, but it's really interesting to see what other people and other people's experiences in this venue in which we are every day. We're spending time in. So.
0: I would just like to say yeah. there are only two white guys talking about this. You guys have, have been taking this one over, but I would just like to point out that Jeremy Bentham is the late 18th century thinker and philosopher who came up with the idea of the panopticon. And we talked about this on the show previously, and there is a lot of writing about this, which is you know the same chilling effect that you're talking about in this article. So definitely, if you want to go deeper into this stuff, we're going to have the Wikipedia article linked in the show, and there are a lot of outbound links, as well as the um, the
1: article that Brian linked to about this topic.
0: And it, it it's, yeah, it's kind of, kind and of it's- scary
1: and it's quite funny that you picked wikipedia because in the article itself that i was talking about he was talking about the edward snowden effect where after that came out people were terrified to use wikipedia because they knew it was being monitored there you go and one of my colleagues that i work with
2: is very careful about anything he puts in our slack channel because he believes that it's it is inevitable that someday it's going to be hacked and made public
1: (laughs) right i mean yeah well you know
2: he might not be wrong
1: he might not be wrong. I mean, we have to realize that everything that we've done digitally at some point could come back out to, to be out there. It well, just is. Yeah. But now we're getting into total tinfoil hat territory. Well, no. Here's well. the deal with
0: Slack. Slack is a private company, so they can be subpoenaed. So anything you do say on Slack is available to the government.
2: Right. 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 Okay. Enough of this. Well, that was cheery. Okay. Well, joy. Yeah. Great. Have a. Oh <laughs> well, gentlemen, have a good one. Enjoy. Enjoy
1: a chilly weekend, everyone.
2: <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And on that note.
0: Brick a brick.
1: In 20 years too late news, but still kind of cool. <laughs> uh the Beastie Boy sabotage video has been remade with Sesame Street Puppets. This is, of course, not authorized. Uh this is by somebody. Uh let's see, what's his name here? Adam Schleckelhorn. Schleckelhorn. Schlecklehorn? Schleckelhorn. Okay. A Milo the cat. He previously created videos of Sesame Street characters, so apparently his genre is. Uh, illegally reappropriating Sesame Street characters Uh, and lip sync in Bone Thugs and Harmonies, The Crossroads and a previous Priesty Boy song, So What You Want. These videos have racked up millions of views on YouTube, thus getting him money for stealing other people's copyright. Having said all that, it is kind of a clever video. So worth a watch. It's quite funny. Uh, In speaking of funny, the Chinese
0: now have a sense of humor, which I think is Mm -hmm. fantastic, which, I, you know, we've lost our sense of humor in this country. For yeah, I think the past six months or so, um, or maybe a couple of years. But anyway, they have uh, built a giant uh, solar plant. Uh, mm-hmm. It's this it's like 250 acre solar farm, but they yep. shaped it like a giant panda.
1: It is awesome. I it almost so want awesome. to just I want to go to China just to fly over this thing.
0: You could bring your drone and fly over and take some drone pictures. That's right. But yeah, I, I, Elon, get on this. Why can't we have nice
1: things like this? Feedback loop. We've got some new Patreon subscribers, so thank you so much for that. I'd like to uh, thank Marcus Naylor, Ilya Krasnov, and Eric, who wrote Jason a little comment. Uh, Hackintosh veteran here, it's okay. You'll be fine, Jason. LOL, make sure to check out tonymacx86.com. Jason will not be fine because he's not doing it. But thank you, Eric.
0: Thank you, Eric. I did find that resource, which <laughs> was one of the ones that made me go, oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> and the whole point in the fun, Eric, would have been Jason not being fine. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. Um, and we got some PayPal donations, some one-timers from Rafael Buch and Scott Itterman. Thank you guys very, very much.
1: Yes. Uh, Scott sent a little uh, comment as well. Special instructions. Hey, now nah, I'll be nice. Just a huge thanks for the hundreds of hours of entertainment during long drives in Canada. And even bigger thanks for all the hard work you guys put into the show. Cheers, Scott. Nope. Cheers to you, Scott. Cheers Thank you, you so much. Yes. And uh,
0: uh, I'll, I'll, we will get some maple cookies for them
1: with that money maybe 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 that'll happen (laughs) uh we got some people writing into us at gog.show the first comes from chris uh just wanted to mention opera is owned by the chinese (laughs) hey they just came up with panda farms so i'm kind of okay with that you guys discuss it a lot on the show but fail to mention that from a security perspective i'm not sure i can trust it but what can you trust these days Bingo. You just answered your own question, buddy. Um, yes. So. And
0: uh, he also follows on with, I've been using the Brave browser based on the Chromium base. So far, so good. Works well on my iPhone too. Much faster than everything else I've tried. Company is led by the original developer of Firefox, which I don't know if this, that's a good thing or not. Um, yeah, me either. And he says, not sure how the micropayments will work out, but i started contributing to sites I like. Maybe GOG.show can earn a few Bitcoin via Brave. Now, what he's talking about there is, what Brave has done is they've turned their whole system into kind of a flatter system. So they're building that into the browser and I checked Mm -hmm. it out and I checked out some of the YouTube reviews about it and it looks pretty cool, but it doesn't have all the functionality that a real browser needs like Google doc support, which is important. I can't use a browser that does not have Google doc support. Yep. I agree. And on the Opera side of things, I went and I did some research on it. Yes. They, they are owned by a Chinese uh, investment firm now, Mm-hmm. but all of the original people are still there and they're still based out of uh, somewhere in Scandinavia. Uh, it's all the same right. people because uh, they've been around forever. So the the core people didn't change, just the the people who get the check sent to them have, have changed. Got it. All right,
1: gotcha. All right, uh, we got another comment from Andy, a better password manager. Andy sends us a link from Bleeping Computer. Uh, with your regular discussion about password managers, I thought you might dig Horcrux. Uh, Andy, I cannot use this because I'm not a millennial, <laughs> and I refuse to use anything that's named after Harry Potter.
0: Uh, even though you've read all the books and love them.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I did, but I, I still, I, I, I cannot worship at the altar of Harry Potter. I, I cannot do it. Although, I have to say clever name, so well done. Well, um, now, the point behind this one is they say it's dangerous behavior that password managers insert user credentials inside a page's DOM which exposes them to malicious J- JavaScript scripts that can read those credentials while inside the forms before submission. So they get around that by putting in dummy credentials inside the login fields and then hacking the post request and put, replacing the dummy credentials with the real ones there. Um, <clears throat> now they've admitted that this idea is not new. Other researchers posed the same solution in the past. That solution was not adopted by the developers of other password managers due to usability and compatibility concerns, which is uh, fair enough. So,
0: yeah. And, uh, usability and compatibility concerns are kind of what I want when I want a password manager to work. So yeah. Yep. I'm uh, going to stick with the yeah. one that uh, that we used to recommend quite a bit because it still works.
1: I agree. So I'm not switching, but it is cool. I mean, uh, good, good on them. And like I said, the the naming's quite clever. Uh, friend of the show, Patrick wrote in regarding the Pyro mini, which has now made two appearances on our show. I did go and verify that we had talked about that in the past. That was very funny. Um, He says, call me when the Tim Mini is done, and then you'll have a buyer and a clever link to YouTube uh, where there's the uh, Monty Python skit, which is very funny.
0: All right. And Ken writes in, absolutely loving you guys. Only recently found your podcast thanks to CyberWire. How about that? Awesome. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever looked into publishing your podcasts on Deezer? Also, I've never heard of Deezer. I have. Um, Is it worth publishing, too?
1: I... Here's the deal: we
0: openly publish an rss feed (laughs) that anybody can get our mp3s so if deezer wants to come get them they can get them as long as we get the the credit for them and they don't fuck with our our show you know i'm a
1: little surprised that deezer is actually still in business i don't expect them to be around too much longer
0: if soundcloud's still in business (laughs) you you, you never know
1: you never could be around forever and uh, Ilya Krasnov wrote in and said, thank you guys for an awesome show. I've been listening for about two years now. GOG is the only podcast I'm waiting for every week. When my wife sees me laughing with headphones over my ears, she knows I'm listening to GOG. You played a big role in my tech slash security slash privacy maturing process. And thanks for weekly lessons on persistence and quality work. Well, thank, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Now, we got a big one here from Matt Nixon. Yes. Matt wrote
0: in a couple weeks ago, and we, were, we took a bit to write back because we actually had to go find the answer for this. Right. I'm 39 years old and a current student. I'm looking to do a career change and get out of trucking and into cybersecurity. Good move because trucking is going away and uh, possibly into the self-driving maintenance of future cars or the Internet of Things that the CyberWire talks about. <laughs> I'm enrolled in my local college for network server admin. Oh, bam, bam, quiet, girl. As I know, go ahead. And make I, fun I guess of me, you didn't Brian.
1: get that. I guess you didn't get that dog size uh <laughs> yeah i don't have the dog sized mouse
0: pad to roll her in yet (laughs) Uh,
1: okay must be must be done delivery okay
0: okay he goes on to talk about his schooling but he says my question is where do i look for entry level jobs i live in a tourist area where everything is outsourced from the next largest city over would it be beneficial for me to start at our geek squad or hold out to be a ticket taker and answer phones for the lowest level it for a year looking for some insight thanks so I reached out to a friend of the show, Monkey13, who is in the cybersecurity business, and he says, I always like to get new people into our security teams when they come from the service desk or knock type jobs, and network operations center jobs. Even better if they moved from that into systems or network operations. The more experience you get in those other support roles, the better mindset they will have in a security role. I worked with people who got hired the same month. One was on the service desk for a year or two. And one that just finished their security degree and was starting their master's in security. One was amazing right out of the gate and became a critical member of our team. The other struggled day to day just to try to figure out the basics. I will let you guess which is which. I would say definitely try to get into a helper service desk type role when you study security. Also let your manager or the powers that be know that you are very interested in the security side of the house That They may have you focus a bit more on that side, even on the service desk. Good luck and have fun with that. This IT focus is very challenging, always changing, and frankly, can be a lot of fun. Also, look to see if there are any local security meetups. They are a great place to meet people with the same mindset and a great way to network. At our local meetups, we have found many people jobs in the industry, veteran security people, as well as people totally new to security. So thank you for that, Monkey13. And good luck, Matt.
1: Yep, good luck. And thanks for listening uh over at itunes we have a five star rating from master weenus love that name my inner dialogue in podcast form love the snark these guys are the voice of every workforce nerd in the best of ways may all the snowflakes melt in hell (laughs) nice thank you for that five star rating uh next
0: comes from chris man from slovenia weekly dose Mm. of tech great pod delivering tech news with healthy dose of humor be warned though may make you want to buy chinese webcam (laughs) yes
1: it might (laughs) yes it might and that was another five-star uh rating now we have a three-star rating. oh okay from captain stubisa okay as far as i can tell he's from australia uh and he says i think the technology side of this podcast is okay but as another reviewer has pointed out they are just too ultra progressive i was but disappointed that they called pewdiepie a racist a-hole without even doing so much research into the entire incident well he got fired by everybody so i don't think that we were wrong about that one. And we're apologists to Charlie Hebdo massacre. Hmm. Okay. I don't think. Okay. Anyways, they come off as a typical duo who would agree that milk is racist if NPR wrote an article about it. Well, I don't know if you read the story two weeks ago, but uh, half of Americans think that uh, chocolate milk comes from, dare I say, dark skinned cows. Yeah. So milk is fucking racist. Uh,
0: and fuck NPR. Sorry.
1: <laughs> uh look obviously we have very different opinions about uh, how the world is and how it should be Captain two uh, so you know no f- 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 no harm no foul go listen to somebody else's show if you want your question or comment read right on the show head over to gog.show support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air and if you're so inclined please head over to gog.show itunes and toss us a five star and a snarky review
0: My shout out goes out to the new zombie gunship survival. I finally hit level 30. (laughs) I'm done. I deleted it from my devices. So thank you for the fun times and you're welcome for the money. I actually paid. I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I spent $25 on the game and it lasted me three weeks. So I thought that that was a a fair price to pay and it is a fun
1: game. All right. I'd like to give a shout out to America. Had a nice 4th of July and a wonderful half week which was fantastic. Yeah. I also want to say that uh, we're recording this on Saturday, July 8th uh, on this day in 2014, Germany played Brazil in the last world cup, uh, Germany powerhouse, Brazil, probably the biggest powerhouse in soccer ever. Uh, they've won five world cups. The Germany had only won three at that point. The final score line for the game, uh, probably my finest and most enjoyable soccer game I've ever watched. Seven to one. Germany absolutely <laughs> destroyed Brazil, ah oh, the memories
0: i remember you talking about this yes
1: i was in a pub in toronto they had handed me a bell to ring every time germany won assuming you know it'd be like a two to one game at best probably with germany losing i ring that motherfucker every 10 minutes it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> so until next time i'm brian schulmeister and i'm jason de filippo Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. GOG.show is our home base where you can listen to old shows, leave feedback, ask us questions, get links to our awesome sponsors and stuff we like. If you'd like to become an official friend of the podcast, go to GOG.show slash support, where you'll find all the ways you can support the show and help keep us on the air. To learn more about all of the people who make the show possible, head over to GOG.show about. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at GOG.show 217. Have you
2: ever seen a grown man naked?